Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander, and as always, I'm joined by Kobus van Staden of Witts University in Johannesburg, South Africa. A very good afternoon to you, Kobus. Good afternoon. Kobus, when, when we talk about the Chinese in Africa, so much of our worldviews are shaped by the media narratives that we consume, and that depends in large part on where you are. So me as a Western media consumer, I would say that the vast majority of the news coverage of the Chinese in Africa tends to be negative or at least skeptical at its base. But if you're sitting in Beijing, uh, it tends to be far more positive. And in, in where you are in South Africa, oftentimes there's a little bit more nuance in the African media coverage, some good, some bad. Uh, but definitely there are these strong narratives which define the different ways that journalists cover this story. And that's going to be the focus of our conversation today, exploring some of the differences between the Western, the Chinese, and the South African or African media narrative. It's really important to take these narratives seriously and to analyze them, because otherwise they just tend to shape what we think of as reality. And you know, it's it's this is this is media studies 101. But what frequently we we just experience as reality is actually a constructed media narrative. And to make those explicit is really important. And to show how the ones media narratives coming from different places are different is also really important. And really, one of the the keys to understanding the different media narratives are also kind of the history and the context behind wherever that media is coming from. So, for example, when you watch French media and French news coverage of Africa, in so many ways it is shaped by its colonial legacy there. The same for the British, that you will see far more Zambian news on the BBC than you will see on France 24. And conversely, you'll see Cameroonian news on France 24 or RFI that you won't see on uh, on the BBC. But one area that remains a little bit of a of a black box for a lot of people is the Chinese media narrative. And for that, we are so thrilled to have Professor Zhang Yanqiu from the Communications University of China in Beijing, where she is the Deputy Dean of Faculty in the Journalism and Communications Department, as well as the Director of the African Communications Research Center. Professor Zhang, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to join this conversation. And thank you, Eric and Kobus. Uh, and Professor Zhang, you are something of a pioneer in, in what is relatively a new field in the study of media literacy in China. This is something that only goes back five, maybe ten years. Uh, and I think it's interesting to talk to you today because you've had experience both in China, but you've also spent time as a visiting scholar at the London School of Economics and at the University of New South Wales in Sydney. So you've had a chance to kind of look at the Western media narratives in terms of covering Africa as well as the Chinese. And I'd like to start our conversation with you kind of setting out your worldview, how you see things in terms of how news media in China cover Africa and then compare that to what you see abroad. Okay, Eric. Um, I uh, I agree with you. I think it's very important to re look at the difference between the African journalism, the Western journalism, the so-called Western journalism, and also journalism practiced in China. Um, you know, uh, I see there's a big difference. Once you know, I attend uh, a dialogue between the German um, journalists and the Chinese journalists. In the forum, and we see the different opinions, and also I see the African journalists, uh, which they studied and they received training at my university. And the first time you arrive in Beijing, the the you know the we, we saw the surprising face, and they see the Chinese and the China is so different from what what in their mind. 
So I think it's very important to really look at the difference between the you know the journalism for the uh, mutual understanding between the three parts. Yes. So you know, you you mentioned um, uh, Western journalism. C- can you give us an idea about how you view Western coverage of China-Africa relations? Um, do you feel that the West Western you know Western press, and of course we we painting with a big brush here, but you know Western press outlets like the BBC, like uh, CNN, like Deutsche Welle, and so on. Do do you feel that they give a fair um, analysis of the China-Africa relationship? You know, as a, as an academic, I would like to look at the uh, you know their narrative from the perspective of their ownership of those media, the so-called Western media organizations, and most of them, uh, except uh, Deutsche Welle, like BBC, especially like you know American you know media, they are private private and. Uh, uh, you know the the journalism they practice is more on the critical side. They are focused on the negative story, investigative reporting. So I think it's it's very natural for them to cover not only China but also other nations, other you know issues in a critical and even in a negative way. I think it's not just particularly to China, but the result is just like what African was depicted in the last century. I think both China and African countries share the same um, uh, image, uh, which mainly, you know, depicted by the Western media. That is, the the image is quite negative, and um, but that's definitely not the whole story of both Africa and China. So we see, you know. Uh, the Chinese media continue to increase, continue to increase its, its presence, and not only in Africa but also in other parts of China. Just why want to tell a different story or the other side of the story of China and also Africa? I see, you know, it's it's a good thing, but I I could also see the responses from the Western academics and also from the Western media. They seems to be very alert, very sensitive to such. Uh, you know, change to such effort from Chinese media, especially, uh, you know, the media led by Chinese government. So um, I, I really looking forward to more, you know, research and studies and even debate over, you know, the journalism. I, I don't agree that there is only one standard for journalism. There should be many standards and uh, give more diversity and more choices for people when the access to information. That's my point of view. Well, it's interesting that you raise the issue of understanding the ownership of the media, which would then maybe help inform us about the motivations for the type of coverage. So I think that's a that's a perfectly reasonable uh, kind of position. So let's turn that now and look at the Chinese media, say, for example, CCTV or China Daily or Xinhua. And you've talked about the positive story. And if the West is guilty of kind of only portraying the negative story. Do you think there's a reasonable argument to be said, to be said that the Chinese are guilty of doing the opposite? You know, I'm looking here at CCTV Africa, and I'm looking at the list of stories, and this is just in the past week. Um, China helps solve problems facing Africa is one, uh, one story. High-speed train from China to Africa. Uh, Chinese culture and light industry in Ethiopia. I mean, all of the headlines are 100% positive. Now, that's an important part of the story, but it's not the whole story. 
So just like you pointed out, the negative isn't the whole story. The positive also isn't the whole story. So is mm-hmm. CCTV Africa also guilty of, of not covering the story the way it should be, which is really a mix of both positive and negative? Okay, uh, I think that's a very good point. Um, I don't agree just to separate, you know, uh, the journalism from the negative um, to the positive. There's, it seems there's uh, two camps. It's more like the Cold War mentality way of thinking. I think there, there, there might be some other way to look at the journalism. So what journalism for? Is, is it for the, you know, if, if it is state-owned media, it's just for the state. If it is um, a, a private-owned, it's just for the owners, private in, private interest. I, I, I raise an, a new concept, which is a constructive journalism, and which also arouses uh, sort of, uh, you know, debate or in the, uh, you know, uh, journalism study uh, circle among China and Africa uh, media scholars. But I would like to re-look at what Chinese media are doing in Africa. Of course, most of the media are, are news media and they are government-owned. And uh, the story is look at quite a positive. But what, I mean, the most important is it's not because it's a positive, it's a negative. I would like to to regard it as uh, if regard it as a good story or good journalism or call it call, qualified journalism if it is uh, constructive instead of being just positive or just simply negative so i i i you know generally if you think okay with the chinese media and also the so called western media uh, they are doing positive and negative and make the circle you know uh, as a, as a, as a whole one but i would like to see there's also you know uh, for the western media they also do something constructive and but chinese media the same they do constructive journalism when they cover china and africa but people need the story and they need the information and to for communication and for decision making and what would the, that constructive aspect be like when when you when you look at a piece of reporting um, like how do you how do you measure the constructive aspect of of that reporting Okay, uh, so, uh, you know, constructive journalism was not raised by myself, but also there are some other researchers also talk about the constructive journalism. It's more like, you know, solution focused, and it's also try to promote the understanding and for the benefit of uh, development and peace even. And uh, I think it's it's just trying to give, uh, you know, um, much background and much, you know, uh, resolutions for people to make, to make, you know, uh, decision to be informed and also to be encouraged uh, instead of to be discouraged. Well, it's interesting because I think the way you're framing this will sound very unfamiliar to a lot of Western journalists and and even in Africa as well where the idea that the, that a journalist has a responsibility that is larger than the story itself. And, and I think this was articulated very well by uh, the new head of CCTV. This is uh, Hu Zhanfan from several years ago when he kind of pointed out that there, that, uh, there is no journalism in China, but there's news workers. And the, idea, and the translation between the Chinese and the English makes it hard to kind of be very specific here. But the role of a journalist in Chinese society is very different than that of in the Western society. And I think that might be a, a point of 
where we're missing each other and we're talking past each other, where you see a greater, you know, in the way you're describing it now, a responsibility that extends beyond, again, just the story. Can you talk to us a little bit about how journalism in China has an allegiance that is both to the audience but also specifically to the party, not to the state? But media in, in China is controlled by the Communist Party and is under the direction of the Communist Party. Is that, does that affect how we and how Chinese kind of frame these stories? Uh, yeah, I think that's very important to, uh, yes, Eric, it's very important to look at Chinese media and with the Chinese context. Of course, you know, most of the media in China, they are government owned or the party owned. And at the, at the same side, you know, at the same time, um, you know, media is not just to serve the party, the, the government, but also the people. So, uh, you know, the media is a part of the mechanism of the society. Society. And for Chinese media, uh, their role is not only just to, you know, uh, to to remain the you know the stability of the of the government or the the ruling party, but at the same time, I think it's very important they emphasize the stability of the country or you know to encourage people to pass the uh, the information from the up from uh, up to up. Um, you know, from up down, uh, from the bottom to the up, from the up to the bottoms. So I think that's that's very important to understand. The Chinese media always take the social responsibility as you know their priority instead of the you know the certain media institutions their own interest and a benefit. Uh, you know, comes first. So I think you know that's that's that make the difference from the. Uh, Western media, I think. Well, another important, uh, you know, part of your work at Communication University of China is to to train um, African journalists who are in China busy doing master's degrees and other advanced degrees. Have you, in that training and in, in your interaction with African journalists, have you experienced different different approaches to journalism than the Chinese approach? And how are the African and Chinese approaches to journalism, how do they play out in the classroom? Yes, uh, you know, in the past five years, we uh, trained five group of, uh, you know, uh, African journalists for their master degree, one year master degree at our university. And we have trained about uh, 150 uh, you know, journalists and government uh, information officials from 60 different countries uh, from the developing world and uh, half of them from the African countries. I still clearly remember, you know, when those from journalists from the African, they came and they challenging us by asking, okay, so if, you know, China has a bad reputation for the censorship, for the, you know, for the media regulation and how can I learn journalism in China? And even I was challenged when I, uh, you know, had a conversation with colleagues in the uh, University of Ibadan, Nigeria, and uh, they asked if everything can be made in China, can news be made in China? So those questions, those questions sounds very embarrassing, but it's very challenging. But it, it, it also tells the differences, the misunderstanding or the, you know, the limited understanding between the journalism from the African sides towards, you know, Chinese media practice. So, you know, 
it's 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 really difficult for them to understand the practice of Chinese journalism. But when my student, you know, the, those African journalists, they stay here for several months, and when they attend lectures about Chinese media, uh, me, media development, new media in China. And they realized that you know when when we had seminars, then they they express such uh, you know views that there must be something correct, you know when uh, when even in China you know the media is sort of uh, controlled, but the economy uh, is a booming, it's it's uh, developing very fast. There is there must be something you know correct there. So I think uh, you know those African journalists realized the importance. Of the journalism played in the role of the social development, economic development in in one country. Yeah, it's not surprising that they have the opportunity to engage the China story in a much more comprehensive way. So they get to look at it beyond just a kind of good bad, because they see when they go to Beijing or they go to Shanghai and they go to these cities, they see kind of how dynamic Chinese society is, how multifaceted, multi, you know, just in every different way, it's so big as a great story. But and this really brings up an interesting point because you talk about the misunderstandings, and these misunderstandings are critical from the Chinese side because, as you pointed out at the beginning of our discussion. Um, there is a lot of resentment and anger in China about the Western media coverage of the Chinese in Africa, and I will probably extend that to around the world. But one of the frustrations that journalists have is they are not able to do what these African journalists were able to do, which is to engage. And if you talk to a Chinese journalist in Africa as well as to a foreign journalist. And they try to do an interview with a Chinese company. They try to do an interview with a Chinese diplomat. They're oftentimes shut out. It's just the Chinese do not have a practice of opening themselves up and engaging the media in a proactive way to help guide the story. Most Chinese companies do not work with international public relations firms. Most Chinese companies do not have media strategies to engage the press. Do not have bilingual people to comment on the record about stories, especially controversial stories. Embassies are not. Capable of responding quickly to journalist requests, you know things have to go all the way up to Beijing or to the ambassador and back down again. And by that time, the news has moved on. So I'm wondering when we look at the misunderstandings between China and the rest of the world, and China and Africa, do you feel that the Chinese also play a role in contributing to the misunderstanding by virtue of the very conservative approach that the Chinese take when engaging the international media? Uh, yes, I, I agree with you. I think there is some、uh, misunderstanding, and、uh, you know, as to the you know Chinese ordinary people, even the government officials, they feel angry about the negative reporting by the Western media. I think they they have a very limited media literacy, so they they don't really understand the how the Western media cover stories. If they if they know, you know, when the Western media cover stories for every, you know, for Uh, for even about their own nations,、uh, even about their own president, their own people, they all they always look at it from the negative and the critical, you know, perspective. So I think that's if they look at the story,、uh, Chinese story was covered by the Western media. If they understand this, if they understand their journalism, and they might not feel that angry. I mean, that's the limited,、uh, you know, media literacy. They really. Really don't understand what the Western media、uh, is、uh, practicing, but、uh, on the other side, you know, for the、um, 
for the Western, you know, journalist, for the foreign journalist, uh, when they want to do the interview in China, they find Chinese people, they are so reluctant and they don't want to open up and they don't want to speak up. So uh, I think that's that's also because of the, this. So that's Chinese government also encourage the you know the government officials at different levels to to have you know state uh, state person and also you know they try to you know open up to the media but on the other side you know uh, you know chinese media is not only you know full of positive story i mean domestic media there are also a lot of lot of you know positive and negative stories. So I think uh, there is also made misunderstanding from the outside about the Chinese media. So I mean the media literacy from both sides, even from the journalists themselves, are limited. What kind of yes. lessons would you like African journalists to take away from from Chinese media? What do you feel are the real the are the strengths? The unique strengths of Chinese media that that African journalists could could usefully employ in their own work in Africa. I think you know uh, uh, for African countries, uh, both peace and development uh, is the key you know issues for most of the African countries. But you know China has been in the peace uh, you know stage and uh, for for more than you know for many years and also you know. The, uh, it developed very fast. Uh, so how can China, uh, you know, maintain the stability, social stability at, at the same time for, you know, for fast uh, economic uh, development? I think that's something, you know, uh, the West and the African journalists, they can rethink about the journalism or the, 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 the media policy practiced in China. So uh, we have to rethink about how media, how the journalism can play a positive role to, to maintain the social stability and also to man, to reach the social you know uh, development that's why i think in africa you have you really appreciate two uh, concept one is a peace journalism the other is a development journalism but it seems they have some problem there uh, so I don't think, you know, uh, African countries will change your, you know, uh, media system, even the political system. But we have to rethink about whether news media or the media can play some role to uh, to help the government, to help the society and to help the people to to reach the peace and also development. You know, Kobus, it's absolutely fascinating to listen to kind of Professor Zhang's point of view because she gives voice to a very different worldview on the role of journalism and media and the definition of journalism and media. And I think one of the mistakes that we make in the West is that we think, and this is how we're taught in journalism and communication schools, is that there is a kind of single definition for journalism. It is typically in pursuit of the truth, it's to be impartial, it's to be fair, uh, you know, and it's framed in this kind of, in a very different way. And I think one of the difficulties that that we're having in kind of engaging Chinese journalism and understanding the role of Chinese journalism is that it is not in the same framework. I mean, again, Professor Zhang has outlined a very different set of terms in terms of what journalism's role and responsibility is. And it's very different than the language that we use in the West and I think that you use in your classes at WITS. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very different, and I think it's really important to 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 have this conversation going on because the danger is, is that Western Western media tends to, you know, a, a lot of Western media precepts have become essentially the gospel for what journalism is, um, and that that. Um, 
there's a danger there of Western journalism essentially just becoming incredibly arrogant and refusing to engage with other forms of journalism because they just would essentially say that this isn't journalism. And we've seen this discussion happening a lot in the China-Africa space. Um, you know, there's, there's, these are discussions that, that, that are going on in these terms, um, you know, kind of continually in the, in the China-Africa space. And it there's a danger of that conversation essentially leading to uh, a lack of actual exchange of information or opinions. Um, you know, it's I think it's, it, it is important to, to take into account different ideas of what journalism is in the first place. Because, you know, if you, if you don't take them on board, then there's no base for any further discussion. And there, and that's what we're trying to do in this conversation. I think you, you know, some of our listeners may kind of take objection to the fact that we haven't raised a lot of the issues that have challenged Chinese journalism, particularly in the eyes of the West, you know, in terms of freedom of press, in terms of the openness, in terms of the criticism. And the point of the discussion today was not to do that. The point of the discussion was to really understand and better understand kind of the Chinese worldview uh, in terms of and the Chinese role that journalism plays in Chinese society. And that's what I think Professor Zhang did such an excellent job, at least in that term. So Professor Zhang, thank you so much for joining us and really for helping us understand, again, the very different worldview that Chinese have towards uh, towards journalism and really to helping us kind of further that discussion that Kobus talks about between African and Chinese journalists. Okay, thank you very much. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. Thank and we, you. We hope to be in touch with you again and maybe even some of your students and to engage Chinese journalists in the future. Is it something that's very close to what Kobus and I do and in in, in kind of our interest? Uh, so Kobus and I will be back again very soon with another edition of the China in Africa podcast. Thank you so much for listening. The discussion continues online. Head over to Facebook.com slash China Africa Project to share your thoughts on today's show or follow China Africa News that's updated every four hours, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The guys are also on Twitter, where you can find Kobus at Stadenesk or Eric at Eolander. That's E-O-L-A-N-D-E-R. Subscribe to the China Africa podcast on iTunes or download the mobile apps for iOS, Android, or Windows Phone. Just head over to your favorite store and search for China Africa.